You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Jim. Stay with us after today's podcast for an exclusive preview of my audiobook. Here's a program from our archives. This weekend, as ghosts and goblins and other assorted demons descend upon the streets for tricks and treats, let's hear about one of the witches' most potent tricks of the trade, the mandrake root. I'm Jim Metzner, and this is the Pulse of the Planet. The mandrake is the most controversy of all the plants that have ever lived on this earth. As late as 1630, three women in Hamburg, Germany, were burned at the stake just for having it in their yard. Verna Gates is an instructor at the University of Alabama in Birmingham who specializes in the folklore of flowers. The mandrake has a little root that's shaped like a man. It has little arms and little legs and a head, and some people say they've seen him with noses, ears, and full beards. And they used to believe that they could take the mandrake and shave off a part of the mandrake and mix it with vipers' tongues and bats' blood and the fat of dead children and make a potion that enabled them to fly. The mandrake only grows from the throat of a rascal who's been hanged for stealing a penny from a poor widow in church on high holy days between the reading of the gospel and the epistle. And if you could harvest that from under the gallows tree, then you were just the hottest witch in town. The mandrake was used by the ancient Greeks and other cultures as an anesthetic, an aphrodisiac, and a sleeping potion. Circe, one of the most infamous of all witches, was said to have used a drink made from the mandrake to turn men into animals. If you have a question or comment about this or any of the other programs in our series, we'd like to hear from you. Our email address is pulse at igc.org. This archival program is part of our 30th anniversary celebration. If you want to hear more, check out our podcast. I'm Jim Metzner, and this is The Pulse of the Planet. As promised, here's an excerpt from Sacred Mounds, my first novel, a work of historical fiction and magical realism. Gray Turtle started to move to the drumbeat. His gestures morphed effortlessly into a dance, as if the drum was animating his body. It reminded Lewis of someone doing sign language interpretation at a concert. Grey Turtle embodied the music, shivering with the drum pulses and embellishing them in ways the sound could not express. It wasn't flashy like the fancy hoop dances Lewis had once seen at a powwow. It was simpler, with elegance and grace. The movements were spare, a flick of the wrist, a cock of the head, a gentle sway which somehow combined to convey a suite of images— his mask had a blank, vacant look. On Grey Turtle, it seemed to take on a multitude of faces, each gesture engendering an expression, a rainbow of emotions flickering by like picture cards in a shuffling deck or images in a kinetoscope. A shy child walking in the wake of an older brother, a coquettish young woman, an impatient suitor, 
an angry rival, a despairing mother, a proud father, a resolute elder, the transitions as seamless as a set of rippling waves. As a tenant in Skyfisher's body, Lewis sensed his surroundings as a glowing impressionist tableau. Grey Turtle's dance emanated bursts of light like showers from firework sparklers, with the movements taking on an ephemeral life of their own, the formless taking form, and before you could name it, gone, replaced by another shape. A hint of recognition, and then it was gone too. Lewis thought he saw the first stages of a human embryo, the flight of a hummingbird, the beating heart of a wildcat, the predatory dive of a hawk, the flick of a fishtail. And then the scale of the dance seemed to shift as Grey Turtle's movements took on less recognizable forms. Everyone else in the room began to move, Lewis too, beckoned by an invisible partner, impelled, shuffling around the fire. The chant was repetitive and simple, as were the movements, a series of half-steps. Swept along by the current of the music, they moved in time with the drumbeat. Grey Turtle wove his dance around and between the circle of elders and younger men, hovering, touching each of them with one of his feathers. When it brushed against Lewis, it was as though he'd stepped on a live wire. A surge of electricity whipped through his body, cat-scanning every neuron. Lewis felt his material self become like carbonated water, zillions of bubbles bursting in effervescence, his thoughts dissolving as inexorably as an Alka-Seltzer tablet, leaving him a dancing, rhythmic being embraced and animated by a finer force, a planet orbiting with others around a sunfire. Grey Turtle was a comet, a wild card, an angel whisking amidst the denser dancers like a neutrino incarnate, carrying a wordless message on behalf of the force impelling the dance. Whatever it was, it seemed to be hungry, not for power, animal sacrifices, or good intentions, but for something which could be only experienced with every fiber, every synapse wholeheartedly engaged. If Horton was going to hear this who, every cell in Lewis's body had to be on board, every bubble bursting with a quantum wave particle of love. In the whirling logic of the dance, an indescribable feeling reanimated Lewis's body husk, resonating with the nameless signal. Everyone in the room was adding strength to it, brother planets revolving, listening, and suddenly silent and still. Grey Turtle removed his mask and joined the elders and younger men, sitting on the benches around the room, facing the fire. A long silence, punctuated by crackles and hisses from the fire pit. Something had transpired, shifted, although Lewis couldn't say what. Words evaporated like the memory of a dream. Everyone in the room had been shown a possibility that beckoned, reminding them what they were capable of. Thanks for listening. To order Sacred Mounds in print or audio, visit sacredmoundsnovel.com. That's sacredmoundsnovel.com.